For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Dropping Dimes. This is the anniversary edition, our second anniversary edition, I should say. Um, I'm very glad to be here with you guys, even though we're still separated due to COVID-19. But that won't stop us from celebrating. And today, to celebrate the second anniversary of Dropping Dimes, I'm here with the man who I started recording when we shared a living room, and we didn't know we were going to be here two years later. Rafael, how are you doing, man? I'm great. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I had I took a nap earlier today, so I, I feel energized. Oh, great! It's good to know that you're keeping busy during the quarantine. I know, right? Well, have you been doing anything, you know, quote unquote, productive? Yeah, I just woke up two minutes ago. So napping. Uh, yes. Good. 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 See but I'm you... very, very excited, and uh, I have a lot of fresh energy to record this episode. It's a very important one, our second anniversary. Uh, as you said, we started recording in our living room. Uh, now we record in your living room. So <laughs> things have changed a lot. Yeah, we're, we're moving up. We're moving from living room to living room. Yes. But we have better equipment. I mean, on a regular basis, when, whenever we don't have to record using the internet. Um, but even then, now we have Zoom, which is not bad. We're um, mm-hmm. paying for that Zoom account, right? No, actually, uh, our 9 to 5 is, but okay, that's I a see. different story. Okay. Uh, not joining us is the Zen Master Evans, who couldn't make it, but he is a big part of what we do. But don't worry, he's going to be part of this because um, today, in honor of our second anniversary, we decided to choose our top two players for every position. So each one of us will go through their top two players for a point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. And I'll be reading off um, Evans's answers. So I feel like there's going to be quite some discussion. So let's just dive right into it and, and start arguing like we always do. And I mean, it wouldn't be an, a good dropping them episode without you and me arguing. So let's start off with the best position out there in basketball. Point guard. Evans, go ahead. You should start. Evans. Yeah, let's make him start. Um, all right. So... I don't know if these were in order. I did rank mine one and two. Um, I didn't ask you guys to do it, but I, I'll assume that he'll go with number one, just because that's in, in the order that he sent it. Damon Stoudemire, Mighty Mouse, from his rookie year. So he's been super specific because he dropped uh, 30 points on the historic 96 Bulls. So Evans's number one pick is Damon Stoudemire. Um, any thoughts so far? Uh, uh, well... Evans is lucky that he he couldn't make it because I would be <laughs> upset with him because he's stealing my picks already. Really? Okay. Number two. Let's just dive right into it. Uh, this one is an easy one. Steve Nash, Harry Canada, back-to-back MVPs. Um, he made his teammates better. And I quote here, enough said. He did have an honorable mention, so very rough-like. 
uh, Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. He he says it was Steph before Steph. Uh, he's 50 plus and still playing pro with the big three. There you go. Still stealing my picks. Um, so just to be clear, we are trying to pick uh, players that we've we've had a chance to watch uh, play, right? Not necessarily. You're top to all time. I mean, I don't. I didn't ask you guys to. You know, the, the criteria was not that you have to watch them play. I mean, especially in this era, we can technically watch anyone play. Yeah, because if we're going. If we're going with best of all time, best ever, then picking Damon Sotomayor, it's it's almost like a I mean, yeah. When I I assumed that his number one pick was Steve Nash and not Damon Sotomayor, but I want to create a little controversy here and say that he picked Damon Sotomayor ahead of Steve Nash. Okay, but so I, who's, that, who's those going are next? his two favorites. Okay, so, um, if I remember our setup correctly, then it would be you. So go ahead. Okay, so Damon Stoudemire, I just want to throw it out there that it's one of my favorite point guards uh, ever uh, since I became a basketball fan. Can, can I know uh, why? I mean, I, I'm not saying he's a bad player by any means, but I just don't see, you know, I don't see the, what's attractive about him well, at point guard. When it comes to Evans, I'm sure that he picked uh, Damon Stoudemire because he played for the Raptors. And he was part of that first Raptor team. I picked him because he played for the Blazers. And, I mean, he played for the Blazers uh, when we had a very, very good team. Uh, we made our playoff runs in the 90s, early 2000s. So he was a, he was a good player. Uh, he, could, he could be even a better player if he wasn't involved with, uh, with uh, some uh, activities that he probably shouldn't be involved with. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Damon Stoudemire would be one of my two as well. But because Evans already picked him, I'm going to go with Gary Payton. Okay, very solid. Uh, Gary Payton was, uh, as you said, a very solid uh, player. Uh, he could contribute uh, in both ends of the floor. And I think yeah. that's important. And he's one of the best trash talkers ever. So I think that's also true. Yeah, yeah. that also counts. And then the second one, um, shoot, I'm gonna go pistol Pete. What? Yes, and you know why? Because I was going to I was going to choose Jason Williams, uh, but if it wasn't for pistol Pete, there wouldn't be Jason Williams. So I'm gonna go with pistol Pete. I mean, pistol Pete. It, it is a, a damn shame the way that his his career and his life, you know, played out in the end. Uh, but he was he was way ahead of his time, way ahead of his time. He's by far one of my favorite point guards ever, but he's not on my top two. He's probably in top ten, yes. Also, I I really need to save some money and get myself a, a jazz jersey that says pistol on the back. Because um, that's also that's such a cool nickname and it really worked with him. But I don't know if he's in my top two. Top 10, definitely. Yeah, but I mean, the people that follow us, they already know that you're going to pick the the two players that everyone is automatically thinking about. And, and I'm going to pick two players that are a little bit out of the box, right? Oh, oh, tell me you, more about how... You're, you're going to go with, you're gonna go with Magic Johnson, of course. That's obvious, yeah. That, yeah. He, he is then, my 
greatest of all time. Yes, and then you're not going to pick Isaiah Thomas because uh, you don't want to give him that that accolade. But you you sh you would pick Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas if it wasn't because if no. it wasn't for the bad boys for the what? no. I I've never ever said that Isaiah Thomas is in my top five even. Okay, he's fantastic. Yeah, but well, spoiler, yes. It's not a surprise that I'm picking Magic Johnson. He is the best point guard out there, period. I don't care what anyone says. He could play defense. He could play offense. He was big for the position. He could play any other position as well. And just the style, he revolutionized the point guard position. He really made the point guards being a force instead of just, you know, being a point guard is already complicated as it is because you have to initiate the offense every time. But he made the point guard position a threat. And he could guard bigger guys. Um, number two, because I wanted to start number two, is Steve Nash. Um, I, started, I started really playing basketball in the 2000s, early 2000s. Uh, and Steve Nash, I remember him playing with the Mavericks, with Dirk and Eduardo Nehra, who was at the time one of my, my childhood heroes. Oh, you mean the two minutes that he was on the floor? Every game? Take that back, you jerk. Take that back. <laughs> Take that back. And I remember okay, the first time that I watched a professional NBA uh, game. It was a preseason game, but it was the Mavericks against the Spurs. And I got to see Steve Nash, and I was – it was crazy. Um, Jason Kidd well, – it was tough. It was between Jason Kidd or Steve Nash. But, you know, Steve Nash got two MVPs. I just love his style. Um, Jason Kidd wasn't as flashy, even though he was a really good point guard and also he's also in my top five. Um, but again, two MVPs and back-to-back, -back, that's, that's not easy. I, I really feel bad for Steve because now with the whole, you know, last dance and, and sort of the, the talk about who's the greatest of all time, Steve Nash gets a lot of, a lot of shade because people said that he stole an MVP from either Shaq or Kobe. Which, you know, I, I respect those opinions, but all of them are wrong. So, Steve Nash, definitely, if he won a ring, he would be one of the, I don't know, top 20 players of all time, I would say. Yeah, and I mean, we, we became fans in the 90s, and the 90s are probably the best decade when it comes to point guards. There are so many good picks there. We didn't mention John Stockton. We didn't mention Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is the assist leader, if I'm not mistaken, right? He's one of the assist leaders of all time. Uh, I thought it's isn't it still Stockton? So I mean, there you go. We have two guys. They are probably top five in the uh, all-time assist uh, assist leader list, and we haven't picked them. So, so it's Stockton, Kidd, Snash, Mark Jackson, and Magic Johnson. There you go. You guys picked none of them. Oh, no, uh, Evans picked Steve Nash. You guys picked none of them. Well, but Pistol Pete didn't play long enough to, to be on that list, right? Uh, and Gary Payton, I picked Gary Payton because he was, I, I, I said it, a threat on both ends of the Gary floor. Gary Payton is, is number 10. So. Yeah, but, I mean, Jason Kidd is number two. And number one is, uh, sorry, can you say it again? Uh, Stockton. Stockton, there you go. Stockton I mean, is, I would say my top five point guards is Magic, Nash, Kidd, um, Stockton, and Chris Paul. 
-hmm. in that order. Yeah, and Mark Jackson is arguably the the definition of a point guard, right? He was a he was he was very uh, how can I say he was very not traditional, but he he stuck to the to the goals or to the book of what a point guard should be doing. The one thing that I'm upset about seeing this list now is that Andrew Miller is number 11. And I, I didn't know that. He, he was a good point guard. It's just that when he played for the Blazers, he was already supposed to be in a retirement home instead of uh, playing for a basketball team. I, I'm going to take a page out of your book and say, will you tell him that if you saw him face to face? Uh, no, <laughs> That's but, he, but, but he would probably agree with me. Come for the hot takes and stay for the take backs and us chickening it out if we ever met one of these guys. I, I would try to say the same thing using different words. Fair enough. Okay. All right. So that's the point guard, the most important position in the game of basketball. I don't care what anyone says. Um, let's move on to shooting guard. So, Rafael, you have to get us started. It's your turn. Oh, shoot. Uh, let's go. So, I'm going to go with, uh, again, I'm going to, with my list, I'm trying to go with players that I had the chance to watch during yeah. my my life, not not necessarily with players that are on the top 50 of all time list and so on. So, I'm going to pick Penny Hardaway first. Uh, and Penny Hardaway is a combo guard. So, I know that it's gonna. People are gonna say, but Penny was a point guard, and not necessarily. He was a combo guard. Sure, I'll, I'll let that slip. Okay, and then shooting guard Reggie Miller. Second one would be Reggie Miller. Okay, okay, that that's very you. Um, no complaints there. Yeah, one 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 of one of them is a straight shooter, and the other one is a player that uh, can play several uh, positions and he can handle the ball, he can go inside, he can uh, shoot three-pointers, and uh, he, he, could ha he could have had an even more impressive career if it wasn't for his injuries, but he was an amazing player. Yeah, and Penny could play basically all the guard positions, They won through three with no problem because of his height, his length. And it's a shame that his body just gave up. A little And bit on him. Just, to keep, just to keep going with uh, what Evans started, my honorable mention would be Grant Hill. Oh, my God. I, I shouldn't have read that. All right. So your two out of your top three shooting guards uh, – were impacted by injuries. So I can't wait until you choose Greg Oden on your best centers ever. All right, Evans for shooting guards. He, I'm going to start with his honorable mentions. Uh, Brandon Roy, again, we have something for injuries on this podcast. I mm. think we like that narrative. Uh, Evans says he's one of Pacific Northwest's finest. Just two bad injuries kept him out. I think, yeah, I, he, was, he was a threat for sure. And even when he tried to come back with the Timberwolves, ah, I mean, it, it's a damn shame that he just, his knees just gave up on him. He was going to make the Blazers a real threat. 
-hmm. during the the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s. And I mean, if it wasn't if it was another time, maybe he would be able to come back and play for another 10 years with his with his niece, even if he wasn't 100% anymore. But he tried to come back when the league was becoming what it is right now. Uh, the pace of the game is completely different. Uh, and he's not the kind of player, even before his injuries, he's not the kind of player that plays in that kind of pace. Uh, he's more like a player that would find the space to, you know, play his game in his space. Uh, number two for Evans, or actually, I don't know if it's number two, but I assume um, one of his favorite players, Eddie Jones. So he played both ends of, of the floor and from time to time would dunk on a big man to make sure you're still watching. Mm -hmm. uh, not a surprise. We know that Eddie Jones is one of Evans's all time. Um, and number one for Evans is, and I actually, I totally forgot about him, but I couldn't agree more. Uh, Ray Allen. Mm -hmm. And in Evans's words, it's Jesus. His game was as smooth as his, as his shaved head for most of his career as, as well. Him and Eddie Jones were the original Jordan Brand endorsers, so you knew they were good. Yeah. No, Ray Allen was a great player. I had the chance to watch him play with the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. uh, when he was playing with Sam Cassell. And uh, I think, huh, I would dare to say that his best years in the league were with the Milwaukee Bucks. As far no. as like, no, not when it comes to uh, playoff runs and uh, becoming a champion and so on. But individually, that's when he was at his peak. I don't know. Ray Allen from the, I remember Ray Allen when he was in the Sonics and I don't know why. I just maybe I just have very vivid memories of him, but he every time he got the ball, I remember just you know, you know when the op, a player from the opposite team has the ball and you go like, you know, you get nervous because you know they can shoot, they can do something with it. But with Ray Allen, I wasn't even nervous anymore. I sort of gave up. I was like, that's a bucket. Like mm -hmm. for me it was just like Ray Allen bucket. I why even bother? And even yeah. if, you, if I saw, you know, anyone trying to defend him, it was just like, just, you know, go through the motions, sure, but he's going to make it. Yeah. Okay, now it's your turn. All right. Um, shooting guard. I can't believe that none of you picked the obvious. Uh, Michael Jordan. Michael yeah. Jordan. Well, our listeners don't, don't, don't download our podcast to hear me go with the obvious. But it's not just the obvious, it's just when you're looking at shooting guards. And again, this is our favorites, and that's why I won't say favorites, because if we tried to make a, log uh, a logical argument around this, we would never agree. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue against, even if you don't like Michael Jordan, you like Michael Jordan. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's recency bias after finishing The Last Dance, but, I mean, for someone to make up rumors just to get motivated that's absolutely insane to play with a flu or food poisoning whatever the hell it was in the end and drop 45 points that's also crazy um it's he will always be for some people the greatest of all time and for those of us that don't think that he is the greatest of all time he is still in the conversation i mean it would be stupid not to consider him but that's not mm -hmm. my number one, having said all of that. So you, so you just call me stupid, that's what you're saying. Um, no, 
that came out of you, but I'm not going to neither confirm nor deny what you're saying. Okay. My number one shooting guard, Kobe Bean Bryant. I mean, I, I'm of the school of everything that Jordan did, Kobe tried to do it better. And he was just vicious. I mean, and especially after watching The Last Dance, you could see a lot of Jordan and Kobe. So, I mean, I do agree that without Jordan, there's no Kobe, but Kobe Bryant would go to, I mean, he, I'm sure he took ref classes or whatever it was just to know what he could get away with. He, I don't know if it would be great to be on his team because it would be really annoying to play with either him or Michael Jordan, but I, you cannot deny the fact that both of them were the ultimate competitors and their thirst for winning just overtook everything else in their lives. Yes. And I mean, there are so many other players that we, we could have mentioned, uh, but I think we have some good picks here. I, th I think this is the one where I'm the least upset from all your, your guys' picks. Maybe, I don't know about Penny and I don't know about uh, Brandon Roy, just out of injuries, but yeah, I'll but let that with, slide. With Penny, would you consider him a shooting guard or would you consider him a point guard? Because it's a tough one with him because, he, as, you, as you mentioned, he used to play every position, right? It, it's like LeBron. I mean, he, you know, if someone call him a point guard at times, I, you know, that kind of makes sense. He can be a shooting guard. He can be a small forward. He plays point, uh, power forward. So him is tough to pinpoint. But I think I have more of an issue with you picking Grant Hill at shooting guard. I think he was more of a small forward. Oh, yeah, but Grant Hill was the honorable mention. As a, as a shooting guard, though? Yes, as a shooting guard. I'll let that slide as well. Okay. All right. Uh, small forward. I've got a number two. This is completely recency bias because I wasn't sure. Um, so I just went with Scottie Pippen. Uh, a safe bet. It's, I mean, small forward is... Hmm, Actually, the first person that came to mind, not saying he's my favorite, but it was Ron Artest for some reason mm -hmm. at the three. But I don't think he's, you know, even top. He might be top 10, not top five. Um, so I just went with Scotty Pippen. No, it's a solid pick. And uh, to be honest, I might, it might come up on my top two as well. I mean, you're making it up on the go, so I can totally call you out on that. But yeah. my number one pick... Uh, small forward and again I put him on this category because that's his natural position uh, technically it is a man who will be one of the greatest of all time or if not the greatest of all time technically LeBron James he is the definition of power and agility he can shoot he can dunk he can I mean he can do whatever he wants and if I ever saw LeBron James on his first year or whenever on his last year whenever he decides to retire you just running down the court with the ball in his hands, I would get the hell out of the way because he could just totally destroy whoever is in front of him. So there you go. Scotty Pippen and LeBron James. Okay, now it's uh, Sand Master's turn. The Sand Master, he went with honorable mention. It is Grant Hill. That's why I don't know who to believe. Um, he picked Grant Hill because of the trip. He was a triple-double machine. Had a smooth game, but 
I think uh, Evans Evans put together an all-time injured players list because <laughs> he again mentions the injuries slowed him, but he was still productive. He did have uh, that stint with the Suns when he was he was productive. He was sort of like Vince Carter esque. Um, at number two, I assume was uh, Sean Marion. Uh, this one, when I read it, I was like, get out. I, I was no. surprised, but he said, like Pippen, had an all-around game that suited and complemented the needs of the team, which he's not wrong about. I don't know if Sean Marion would be my, you know, my number two, but if there's something that both Pippen and Marion share is that they knew they were not the best player on the, on the team. They knew what the role was, and they were okay with it, and they played their role very, very well. And the number one, uh, we all, I think we might all agree here, is Scottie Pippen. Uh, Evan says here that he just did whatever he needed to be done. All-round player who I only recently found that dunked from the free-throw line too. I didn't know that. Mm. Okay, so for my list, for my top two for uh, small forward, I'm going to try to avoid picking uh, Scottie Pippen, although we all agree that he's a... Uh, He's uh, probably the player that would come up on all of our lists. Yeah, so, that one was tough to avoid. Yeah, honorable mention there. Uh, I also think Scotty Pippen, uh, it's a great small forward, one of the best ever. Yeah. But I'm going to go with uh, Oscar Schmidt, the Brazilian. Uh, okay. He was a small forward as well. So uh, I had the chance to watch him play because he played for 50 years. Uh but I haven't... Wait, 50? No, I mean, he played for a long time. Yeah, uh, he played when he retired. Son, right? When he retired, he was like 50 years old, 48, 47, something like that. He played with his son. Uh, he had a chance to play one professional game with his son. Uh, so most of the time that I got to watch him play, he was no longer at his peak. Uh, but yeah. the videos that I have watched of him playing in Italy during his peak, are just amazing. And, uh, and of course, the whole story of uh, choosing not to go to the NBA because if he had done so, he would have been able to play for Brazil in the Olympics. That's a very par- powerful story right there. And uh, being Brazilian, of course, it makes me really, really like uh, his, uh, his, uh, his values, right? So there was no way that I could keep him out. He could also uh, score from any, anywhere. Uh, he was a three-pointer machine. Uh, and he had very similar mentality to Kobe and Jordan when it comes to, okay, give me the ball and I'm going to score now. Uh, very confident that he could, he was very confident that he could, he could score at any time. There is, so for last year's World Cup, FIBA decided to do a documentary a short documentary, more like a, you know, docu-series on the World Cup of basketball. And they interviewed um, Oscar Schmidt. And there's that one part where he says, I think he's talking, I don't know if the interviewer or the camera, but he says, I can still beat you on on a game, on a one-on-one. So if you ever decided to, like, yeah, I could still play. He said, my mentality was just give me the ball. I'm going to score and get out of the way. Yeah, And he played with Kobe's father in Italy. And uh, when Kobe was a kid, uh, when Kobe was a kid, uh, he mentioned several times uh, in different interviews that he he loved watching Oscar play and that they used to play together when he was a kid uh, after practice. 
so, I mean, he was a player that influenced a lot of uh, great players as well. And it's a shame that he didn't play in the NBA. But at the same time, I understand why he chose not, not to go to the NBA. There are stories that he used to take 2,000 jump shots every day. That's crazy. Yeah. And so, then... Oscar Schmidt and? And my next pick, I will go with... And again, I'm trying to avoid here LeBron and uh, Pippen. I will go Kevin Durant. Just to make sure that we don't get in trouble on Twitter uh, because of all of the burner accounts that he runs. So I just want to make sure that we mention him so he's not upset. I'll make sure to tag him later that he's on our list so that I'm sure he cares also a lot about what we're saying right now. <laughs> actually, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually cared. He, he gets in a few arguments on social media. He, and he likes doing that. You know who I realized we, none of us picked? I don't know why. Maybe just we're not very, not that we're not fond of him, but Larry Bird. We didn't pick Larry Bird. Well, because his game is a little bit boring, right? Um, he's very, I don't know. I feel like he had more flair than Tim Duncan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he didn't have as much flair as Magic Johnson. That's, that's clear. Yes. But, I mean, we didn't pick, for example, Dominic Wilkins. Uh, he was very excite, an exciting player, but at the same time, I think we didn't feel that he he has done enough to be on the top two, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I pulled the list from ESPN on the top ten small forwards, and James Worthy is there, uh, mm -hmm. a very nice guy who I, I once met at an autograph signing. Um, Rick Barry, I don't know if Rick Barry. I'm, I'm sure if you go down to the numbers, he deserves to be in the top ten list, but. Not on mine. Mm -hmm. But I think we have good picks here. Uh, Evans is putting together, as you said, a very good team. Uh, probably the best team ever in case the NBA was a 40-game season instead of 80-game season. I'm just checking, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert, his point forward position. It's not as bad, but there are some guys that were also known for having injuries. Um, Let's just write, jump right into point, uh, power forward. Uh, I think it's your turn, Rav. Okay. Power forward, I'm going with Karl Malone. Okay. Uh, and I'm going with Rashid Wallace. <laughs> okay, okay, sure. Yes, and if you, I mean, of course, uh, I don't have to explain Rashid Wallace, right? He was a great player, uh, but of course I'm picking him because uh, I'm also speaking from my heart. Uh, but he was a great player. Uh, he could shoot with both hands. Uh, he was one of, I w arguably one of the first power forwards that really, uh, you know, uh, added that three-point shooting threat to his game, right? Yeah, I think he would... If he were in today's NBA, he would have a solid spot because of his good shooting. He would definitely have a spot in many teams right now. And he was a little bit ahead of his time. Um, I mean, he, when he was with the Pistons and the Celtics, he had a bit more freedom to shoot the three. But with the Blazers, he was still sort of like banging down underneath the basket. And, and I'll tell you what. For this one, I'm trying to pick players that they were not only productive 
during their first five or six years when they were absolute monsters, physically speaking. Like, for example, Amari Stoudemire. Uh, and I don't know if he, if he would be a power forward or, or a center. I'm just giving an example. Uh, so because of his, uh, you know, because of how he's built uh, and how athletic he was, he was a very good player when he was with Steve Nash. But when you removed him from that team, he was not that good of a player anymore because uh, he didn't have the basic skills or he didn't have the basic techniques. He was just a powerful player. So Rashid Wallace was not like that. Rashid Wallace, he had uh, the athleticism as well, but he was also very a very uh, complete player when it comes to technique and shooting and so on. Well, I, I wish Evans was here right now because then I'm sure he would have something to say because on his list he has Amari Stoudemire as an honorable mention on the power forward position. Mm -hmm. But I do disagree with that as well. And I'm, it's a shame that Evans cannot defend Amari a little bit more. But I'm just going to pick on him a little bit because he wrote the run he had with Nash with those under seven second suns was just fun. Yes, but as you said, no Steve Nash no Amari Stoudemire. I think it was clear after he went to New York that he needed a strong point guard to have a very good game. Um, not saying that Amari is bad. I mean, obviously he could, he, he was a strong, strong man, uh, athletic. After the injuries, he lost a little bit of, uh, quite a bit of his athleticism, but he needed a, a strong point guard to know when to do the pick and roll and to put the ball in his hands. No, I, I completely agree. And uh, just to finish with my, I, I didn't mention my honorable mention. Uh, no one, no one has to do honorable mentions. It's fine if you don't do it. KG Kevin Garnett. Although there are rumors that he used to lie about his height to be able to play as a power forward, oh, because really do. he should be, he should be playing as a center because of his height. Totally, yeah, totally. And up until what last year, when the NBA cracked down on the height and weight measurements, they were all lying. Mm. Anyways. Um, let's see. Evans went for Amaris uh, Tonemeyer, as honorable mention. Then he has Chris Weber. Mm -hmm. He was versatile and crafty. That behind, behind the back dunk on Barkley and his owner, Maxis, not to mention the J. Will and Sacramento days. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, smooth player. Chris Weber was another one that uh, uh, I was debating if I should pick or not. Uh, he's a player that I really enjoyed watching and another one that didn't depend on his, uh, on his uh, uh, explosion, ex explosion and on his uh, athleticism to be productive. He was crafty, as, as Evans mentioned. He was very crafty. Yeah, and it's a shame that I don't think he'll make it to the Hall of Fame just because every time he's been eligible, he goes against bigger legends mm -hmm. maybe one day very like, but that's way down the line and at number one for Evans he's got the Rainman, Sean Kemp he says mm -hmm. catching the oops from Gary Payton the little movements he did a nasty dunk the dunk competition and Reeboks the Rainman's a legend yeah Sean Kemp I think I think he he falls under the same category as Amari Stoudemire of course I'm not trying to compare the two of them I think Sean Kemp is much higher, so, yeah, much better. Player. Yeah. yeah, but but it's a similar style in a similar case, right? When it comes yeah. to uh, 
are you good because you're young and you can still jump and you're still uh, more powerful than the other players? Or are you good because you can find a way to score even if you're not as powerful, uh, even if you're not jumping as high as the others? True. Speaking of that, I, I decided to go, the two players that I picked from my power forward position, I, I based them on that, on their skill and longevity. So for the first time today, probably the only time we, you and I agree, Raphael, I have Kevin Garnett on my list. Uh, he's incredibly versatile, uh, fantastic trash talker as well. And he, you know, obviously in his younger days, he could do everything. He could take the, the ball from one end on the court, on the court to the other. Uh, he could dunk, he could shoot. But then later on with Minnesota and, and the Celtics and even Brooklyn, he became more of a facilitator. And he was always that motivator in the locker room. I mean, I, I will never forget his pregame routine, you know, banging his head against the stanchion. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he knew how to change the game as he got older and still be productive. But the number one power forward on my list that sort of checks all the same boxes and takes, took his game to a more elegant uh, position and carried his team to a championship is Dirk Nowitzki. Before yeah. Dirk, I think power forwards were not as, as, as elegant as, as versatile as, as Dirk was. And I just, I really enjoyed the, all the, the journey that Dirk had from, you know, shy European player who was almost instantly considered a soft to mm-hmm. become a force in the NBA. And he did it all with shooting. He rarely dunked the ball. He was not the fastest guy, but he was a threat. I mean, those couple of years with, with the Mavericks where they went all the way to the championship and when they lost against, um, against the Heat, I mean, they were absolutely wonderful teams and they all depended on Dirk's success and on how he played on that night. So yeah. by far my favorite point, uh, power forward. Yeah, he, he could move like a small forward. He had the moves of a small forward and he could shoot like a small forward. Um, so when I mentioned that Rashid Wallace could, uh, could score f- uh, from outside and he was a very good three-point three point shooter, he was a catch-and-shoot catch kind of three-point shooter, right? Yeah. Uh, Dirk, Dirk was an evolution a little bit of that because he could create his own space as well. Uh, he could do some of the things that Kevin Durant is doing now. Dirk was already doing when, he's, when he joined the league uh, as a big, quote-unquote, big man. Uh, so, I mean, he definitely revolutionized that, that position in the NBA because in Europe, they, they've been doing that for a long time. I mean, you can even mention Tony Kukoc, for example. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, Novitsky just, he was, he is different. Um, that fadeaway, you know, with a little knee up, like his, his go-to move, it was completely unstoppable. I mean, he was a seven-footer with a very smooth jump shot. And he could take it down to, to the rim if needed. Uh, great vision on the court. He, he had it all. He had, I think that, I don't know, I think Garnett was a bit more physical. And maybe I like Nowitzki because, you know, he wasn't the fastest or the strongest out there. Mm. Still won, even if he was one ring, but I think it was very well deserved. 
And uh, just to finish with the power forwards, um, when you guys mentioned Sean Kemp, when Evans, when Evans mentioned Sean Kemp, uh, it made me go back to the years that he was a trailblazer. Uh, so <laughs> we don't he, want to play, remember those years. He played for the Blazers uh, on and off because sometimes he would take a break to go to rehab and then he would come back and play 10 games and then he would go to rehab and then he would come back and play 15 games. And uh, he looked, he was still productive, but he looked more like Tractor Trailer than Sean Kemp back then. Man, Tractor Trailer, who I think played a season in Mexico in our league. Um, shout out, rest in peace. Well, this took a dark turn. I didn't, I didn't expect our anniversary episode to take a dark turn, but so be it. All right, let's wrap it up with the centers. I'm going to go through Evan's centers here. Um, interesting picks. I'm not, I'm not upset. You know, I, I like where he went. Honorable mention, he has Ben Wallace. He calls mm-hmm. him underrated. He said he did the dirty work, played hard, and won a defensive player of the year. Uh, in the words of Evans, respect. At number two, David Robinson. Uh, Evans says the quadruple-double, the flat tops, his guns and by guns, you know, I'm sure he means the shoulders and, and the arms because the man, the man was ripped and that lefty stroke. The admiral was the man. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I don't like David Robinson. I think he was a bit of a dick, but that's just me. That's me talking about a person that I don't know. Would I tell him this in front of his face? I think I would because I don't, I don't know if I would have even get an autograph or anything. I would be like, David Robinson, nice to meet you. I think you were a bit of a dick. Yeah, you would, you would only have one chance to do that if you decide to do it. You wouldn't be able to do it a second time. Oh, God, no, no, That's no. That's for no. sure. Unless we were all having drinks and then maybe we can hash it out and say like, hey, you know, I think you were a bit of a dick and maybe, you know, we can chat it out. But I don't see that opportunity happening anytime soon. So, <laughs> uh, Evans' number one is the dream, Hakim Olajuwon. He says the footwork, the dream shake, playing during Ramadan, which I think that goes... That is a very understated portion of, of uh, being a Muslim in the NBA. The championships, the spalling shoes, he was truly the dream. Ha ha. He, he had the ha ha. I, I didn't say it. But I, okay. I cannot, you know, Ben Wallace and David Robinson. Ben Wallace is, he's one of my favorite players. I don't know if he was one of the best centers, one of my personal favorites, just because of the hustle and, and the looks. David Robinson, I just don't like him. And Hakeem, yeah, I, I, I cannot debate that. Okay, so I, I wouldn't mention Ben Wallace even as an honorable mention, but I, I cannot debate Hakeem Olajuwon. And yeah. uh, David Robinson, he's a great player. I'm going to try to avoid putting him on my top two now that I know that Evans already mentioned him. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to avoid Hakeem because he was also my number one I, I consider Hakeem, but I decided to go with two players, two Lakers, actually. And to me, after sort of going through that exercise of who would be the best center, I mean, again, this is my favorite, our favorite list. So not necessarily our top two, you know, all time. But at number two, I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um, when I first watch tapes of the Showtime Lakers. You know, the, the whole look like skinny guy, 
with with the glasses, like the the sports goggles. It was just hilarious. But then seeing the skyhook, I was like, oh damn! And he was doing the skyhook from like the three point range before the three point line was implemented, uh, and it was unstoppable. There was I don't think unless you time it extremely well, probably from behind, able to block that. If you were guarding him one-on-one, there was no way to block that skyhook. Not mm-hmm. a chance. But a number one, another Lakers great, Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, the guy is fun. He, he doesn't hold back on his thoughts. And he was just, in my opinion, one of the most dominant players ever. Um, I, when, him, when, when Shaq went to the Cavs with LeBron, I was excited because LeBron was already unstoppable. He's always been. And Shaq was on the later years of his career. But I, I wonder what would have happened if you know, Shaq and LeBron had been able to play both at their primes. That, that, that's a scary thought. But, it, I mean, Shaq, just his entire personality it's just attracts me. He's very, very magnetic. And, yeah, I mean, those dunks on, you know, over three, four players, um, even with the horrible free throw shooting, I would still pick Shaq. Okay. Yeah, no, I think these are uh, fair picks, good picks. Thank you. Uh, so for me, first of all, I want to mention Bill Russell as an honorable mention. Uh, well, you're I, going way back now. I haven't had a chance to, of course, to watch him play. Uh, but the guy, his numbers are simply amazing as far as how many rings he, he, he managed to get. Uh, and even like his stats are amazing if you look at it. Uh, but also as a retired player, he's so classy. I mean, he's yeah. always a class act. So I think he deserves to be mentioned. Uh, I think I, if I, yes, his, his rings are, you know, one of the first things that always come into the conversation. He won 11 times. Um, say whatever you want about, you know, the NBA at the time, but, you know, 11 rings that, that, will never go away and he will always have them with him. But I think I would call him the, the grandfather of the block shots. He patented and, and sort of improved the way that big men block shots where it's not just a slap. He would try to either make it a pass to a teammate or make sure that it didn't go out of bounds because in his own words, you know, the block shot is an opportunity for you to recover the ball and not to give it back, which you know, in today's NBA, we sort of like the block shots that go 10 rows up. But again, the, the other team gets the position back. But Bill Russell made sure that you didn't get that ball back. Yep. Uh, now, my number two pick, I'm going to go with Shaq as well. But I just want to clarify that I'm going with Shaq from the Magic, not Shaq from the Lakers. Oh, my God. Sure. It's just Shaq entirely. Shaq <laughs> from the Magic, Shaq from the Lakers, Shaq from the Heat, from the Suns, from the Cle- from the Cavaliers, from... Where else? The Celtics. And Suns. He played for the Suns as well. I think I mentioned that one. Yeah. yeah. Celtics. And I think that's it. So, yes. Shaq would be my number two. And my number one, just to avoid mentioning Hakina uh, uh, again, because he's, he's already been mentioned, I'm going to go with Tim Duncan. Okay. Sure. I'll give you that. But I mean, none of us mentioned Karina, Karim Abdul-Jabbar. 
I did. Oh, you did? Okay. I, I, I just had a whole rant about this. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right, that's right. Oh, my God. Are you paying right. attention? I think I muted you for a second because I, I can't take... I can't take you speaking for such a long time. You cannot mute me unless you turn up your speakers, I guess. <laughs> so yeah, there we have it. Our top two players at each position in honor of our second anniversary. What a ride, what a ride. Uh, no, none of us mentioned Moses Malone and Patrick, Patrick Ewing. And Bill Walton, these three we, we didn't mention. I'm okay with that. Yeah. So to finish with this episode, the last question I want to ask you, who do you think, if you had to pick the best uh, passing big man? Oh, damn. I mean, oh, that's tough. Probably, I mean, do we consider LeBron as a big man? Uh, I mean, someone that could have played the center position, right? That's, oh. that's who you would call a big man. Uh, not Shaq, not Kareem. <laughs> Probably. But I remember Shaq, there was a time in his career when uh, the other teams would double team him and he would, he would make some good passes. No, I'm not saying you know, they wouldn't know when to make a good pass. Yeah. But uh... I can tell you who I would pick. So... Who? In today's game, uh, Jokic, Jokic uh, so the Joker oh, from yeah, the Nuggets, yeah. is a very good passing big man. And then Arvida Sabonis. These two are two players that you need to mention. <laughs> Sabonis was a great playmaker because he couldn't compete against the big guys. I mean, not because he was bad, but he was old, that's all. No, he was always a good passer, uh, even when he was younger. Uh, but he made it to the link to the league when he was already older and he he had a yeah. hard time competing uh, competing uh, physically because he was already older i'm sure he also has a hard time computing with all this technology because <laughs> he's old yeah um oh uh a good big man passer um mark gasol the gasol brothers yeah both yeah. pao and mark really good passers another yeah. good example for sure i think yeah i think both of them probably mark Slightly better than Pau. Pau, I think, was was okay at starting the the play or the fast break, but Mark is a he has a better vision on the offensive side. I mean, we can easily notice a trend here when we talk about big men that are good at passing. Almost all the names that come up are from Europe. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that it's a bit more encouraged i would say although now now with more athletic centers i think we we can see that uh they're starting to get to facilitate a lot more i mean uh-huh. draymond green he's a really good passer yeah um joel Embiid, no i don't i wouldn't consider joel Embiid a, a good good passer not because he's not but usually he takes it down to the rim or he shoots. Like he's, he's not a facilitator. That's my point. Yes. I'm sorry. I just introduced a completely different topic uh, as always. Yeah. I was about to do the sign off and then we started talking about, you know, big men and, and, and passing and anyways, anything else to add, man, before we wrap up our anniversary edition? No, just happy birthday. Happy birthday to us. Yay. Let's, let's try to make it into the next year. 
hopefully next year we can celebrate together. Yes, and watching a basketball game. True, yeah. Hopefully we can get a cake or something and we can all celebrate together and watching basketball. That would be nice. I'll tell you what. This is, this is of course, being recorded, yeah. I hope, because we're planning to make this into a podcast, right? It, so it, it needs being to recorded. be recorded. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Um, we should promise that next year for our third anniversary, we're going to check uh, the list of games that are happening on that day, and we're going to try to buy tickets and go to a game to celebrate like the anniversary that. at a game. I like how that sounds. And it's in May, so it's... Although it is, it is playoffs basketball. There you it's go. Gonna be, it's going to be pricey. There you go. We can start saving now. Yeah, we should. But I like that idea. Let's celebrate our third anniversary at an NBA game. Great. And it's on wax, so no backsies. Okay, now uh, we can do our sign-off. All right. Well, uh, we just want to thank everyone listening because it doesn't matter if it's just a couple of you or hundreds of you. You know, we're still doing this because not only we're passionate about what we're doing, but all your feedback, all your support, all those likes and shares, we really appreciate them. And we'll keep working hard and do our best to try to bring you more content and more discussions on the sport that we all love. In the meantime, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever there's a rating system, give us five stars, five points, whatever the, the rating system is. Uh, this helps other people check out uh, Dropping Dimes as well. Leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear on the, on the show, and we'll make sure to include it. Make sure that you're following us on our social media, Instagram at dropping.dimes, Twitter at dropping underscore dimes one, Facebook.com dropping.dimes one, because without the one, that's not us. Our website, www.dropping-dimes.com. If you, for some reason, want to email us, contact at dropping-dimes.com. Make sure you read our article on the greatest of all time on VancouverBasketball.com. We are going to keep writing some stuff and shout out to Vancouver Basketball and Victory. I think that's it, Raf. And it? I'm just, I just want to make sure that we are all clear that when you say we are going to keep writing, that's really you. I uh, didn't so but Sure, that, that's been me, yeah. Give, your, give yourself some credit there. I'll try, I'll try. <laughs> all right, well... Thanks everyone. Listen to this. Uh, let's try that again. This is the Dropping Dance Crew signing off. Happy birthday to us. Peace out.